Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process. I'm, of course, your host, Greg Wareham. We got a great guest for you today. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. What a, Joe Sorbonne. What an intro. That's like pretty the good, music. right? That's really, I like that. I know. Music. You know, I was looking for something really macho, because I think when you look at me, you just think super macho, yeah, right? Yeah, so And I was just saying, <laughs> look, look at me, we, look at, we think of The Rock, right? That, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Exactly. <laughs> so, Joe, you are the New York mover. That is correct. And now, you've owned that company for 15 years? No, I've been in the moving industry 15 years. Okay, tell us about it. Uh, the moving industry as a whole. Well, tell us about you. My experience in the movie. Yeah, how long you been in it? How long you own New York Movers? 15 years. I started okay. uh, uh, maybe as a resentment, I, I guess. Is maybe <laughs> I think that's how I got into the industry. Yeah. Is that what we're talking Do you want to know how I got into the industry? Well, yeah. How did you get into the industry? Tell, I, tell I us sold about car, it. I sold cars. I was a top producer in the car industry. And, okay. And uh, I had one of my closest friends, Louie. He had a, a brother of his was in jail. Okay. And he, I knew his brother from when we were younger, and he always used to say, never trust my brother. Never, ever trust my Don't trust my brother, right? Okay, he knew. He knew. Right. You know, and it was a good friend of mine. So he was warning me. Anyway, his brother got home from jail. He started working for a moving company. But, uh, you know, he's working there, and they were in Elmsford, New York at the time, and he was a smart guy, right, but not somebody to be trusted, I guess, you know, or come to find out. And uh, he was there as a mover, and he became friends with one of the salespeople and realized, hey, we could start our own moving company. I see what they're doing. At the time, phone books okay. were the big way. Google wasn't really anything at the time. Yeah. If you put a full-page ad in the phone book, your phone would ring off the hook, and they did a pay-per-call program at the time. So okay. only paid for your lead if you got a call that lasted more than 90 seconds. That's pretty good. Yeah, I wish they had that. That, that pay-per-call is hands down still, I think, the best way. But- like you, like you're saying, it's not really offered as, as uh, <laughs> all over the place. So he did it, and uh, um, they started doing well, right? They got their own warehouse. He was coming around, and he would always like talk to me and be like, "You're really good at sales. You know, I see your top producer. You should come join us." Sure. I'm like, "No, no, no." Got into uh, a little disagreement with the the uh, owner of this uh, Honda dealership that I was working at. It was the first vacation I ever took there. Right. We gave him a couple weeks' notice. I'd have been there for a year and a half. He said, no, not for any particular reason. And I said, I'm, you can't vacation in the car industry, well, Joe. What you, are you doing? It's not true. They <laughs> offer, it was part of the agreement. I was supposed to have vacation. I think, uh, and I was like, I really wanted to go with my dad. I'd never been on a vacation before. And I was okay. just like, I gave my all. I, so I left there. He approached me again and I said, okay, right. I'll, I'll check it out. Like, well, we okay. came to some sort of agreement. All right. So now you go work for the moving company. That's actually what I told him I would do. I said, okay. here's a check or here's cash or whatever, 10, 15 grand. And the agreement was I'd bring two trucks into the company. Okay. But I want to come work in the company first, right? Okay. Before I actually, you know, so I could see if there's any problems, how we can improve things. Oh, so you bought into the company. Correct. Right? There's a okay. third, a third Got partner. It. Got it. Right. Louis's brother Understood. had owned it, right? Understood. Uh, you know, and and um, the agreement, which I saw to, saw as like an, a no-brainer, was you give me X amount of money up front, which wasn't a hell of a lot of money, but you buy two trucks close to new, right? right. $40,000, $45,000 a piece, whatever, sure. right? And you put them into the company. Yep. So the benefit for me there was these trucks are still mine. Right. I own one right. third of them. I'm not giving you cash. You're putting in your yeah, pocket. Makes sense. Right. So it was like a win-win. Why wouldn't I do that to my own company? It's building the 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 value in the company that I'm owning. So I I bought one truck, I gave him some cash, and as I started to work in the company, I realized they had like all these better bureau, better business bureau issues. All these uh, lawsuits. I'm not even yeah, kidding you. Like this yeah. was, you know, and I said to him, hey, I wasn't can't. professional operation. Well, it's not professional okay. operation, no. And I said to him, look, I can fix these things if you're willing to allow me to start to work backwards. But what you painted is this picture 
right, is not what we had agreed sure. on. And he said, well, then don't buy in. Okay. I said, okay, give my money back. So little by little, it took some time, and he had given me, you know, paying payments back. Sure. Um, you know, I would say 95% to 100%, if okay. not 95%. And you took your trucks. And I only had one truck at the time, yeah. Okay. But at, luckily, I did not sign the truck over to him yet. Smart. It was still a title with nothing. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it's not signed over. So I was sitting at the house in uh, in my office, my home office, with like my best friend since Hebrew school when I was younger, and we were sitting there, and he, I was just like, "What am I going to do, man? I have this truck worth like thirty five thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars." I'm like, and he's like, "Well, why don't you start a moving company?" And I was like. All right. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like a good I'm idea. In. So I, I yeah. said, I'm in. So we sat there and we thought of some some clever names. And, you know, at the time, Google had just started to become, you know, what it was or what it has become. Mm -hmm. And uh, so dot com was a thing. Sure. Right. So we came, we were like throwing some ideas around and we came up with a clever name at the time, which was moveourstuff.com. Okay. So that was the name of the company. Yeah. Was moveourstuff.com. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I remember I started Google AdWords and I thought that the first call I ever got, I'm 25 years old. Yeah. Right. And, I, and, and, you know, I've been in sales my whole life, but not my own business. Sure. So it was almost surreal to me. The first call we ever got, I thought it was the friend that helped me create the company name pranking me. Yeah. So I really thought I, I was like, I was like, come on, stop playing around. And it was legitimately, it was a customer. Yeah. So Google AdWords started working and, you know, we had some ups and downs. That was it. The first call you were like, they wanted to have you come out. Yeah. Give, a, give an estimate. And, awesome. Yeah. And I had a girlfriend at the time who was a property manager. Yeah. She had a list of a, of a new development building in the city. Like everybody that was like, they had all these pre sales or pre rentals. So they had a whole list of, you know, sure. 50 people waiting when they get the CFO or whatever it is to get into the building Great. that were going to start moving. So I had access to that list and, you know, went to boots to the ground, you know, real estate agents, doorman, stuff like that. And, and then so how'd you make the transition? So you had the one company and then when did you transition over to the New York mover? Uh, I had closed move our stuff. We went from okay. like a five star mover to a one star mover back up to a four star mover. And like, and, and it was just a very, um, it was a very, it was a great education. Right. Yeah. But I, at the time I was, I had, I had a drinking problem and a drug problem that I wasn't aware of yet. Mm. Uh, and then my father got sick with liver cancer and he passed away. Okay. My mom got really sick. And then two years later, after a long road, she passed away mm. and Sorry. all it, thank you. And all of it broke me. And, right. uh, and that, that drug and alcohol issue went through the roof. I mean, I was, uh, I'm not kidding. I was using drugs 24 seven. Like right. I was, you would find me at three, four o'clock in the morning, nodded, nodded over, you know, in my, in mm. my room, you know, I had scabs on my face. I had, um, $75,000 in debt. I had, you know, nobody wanted to talk to me like that kind of debt. So long story short is I had, you know, maybe a skeleton crew in the office at the time before my mom passed away of people still hanging on because they were loyal. Sure. And I just said, I can't even make it into the, I can't make it work anymore. Like you guys got to go. So question. So how do you realize that you have a problem? Um, I can tell you when I realized that, uh, I had a, when I realized that I had a problem was when I had the, it was really when I had my, I, I knew that there were issues and I was trying to stop, Sure, but I also sort of felt like the world and the circumstances around me were causing a lot of the sure. react, the way I was feeling. And I had this like epiphany, this aha moment when I was in my house and like the last friend that really wanted to even associate with me, like he was just like, I'm done with you. And it right. don't somehow like they say there's this this speaker in the recovery world that says like God paused the liar in me just long enough for me to see the truth. Right. Right. And like I saw the truth as in like it can't be everyone else that's the problem. Right. 
and it like hit me like a ton of bricks. Click. Like it's like no, like you mean like all of my friends are the problem. Yeah. The people that I've been closest with for 10, yeah. 15, 20 years, they're all, now they've the all been like this the whole time. And the I just thunderbolt hit you and you me. knew it was you. Like a ton of bricks. So yeah. what did you do? Did you put, check yourself in a rehab? Did you self recover? Uh, good question. So I, I tried to go to St. Christopher's Inn okay. on two different occasions. I checked myself out against medical advice, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it, in the process of like uh, learn, in the process of like, from my experience anyway, is, is the, there's these, these attempts with failure, right? These right. attempts to facilitate for me, my own willpower to say no. Right? right. And there's those. So I went away. I tried to go to California to get away from the problem. Right. The problem got there 10 minutes before I did because yeah. right. I was the right. problem. Right. 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 Um, I tried to, you know, and I went from California, uh, Vegas, Colorado, and I, I, well, I just, Vegas seems like a right, good thing. <laughs> that sounds reasonable. No, that was the greatest idea in the world. No, I brought, I brought, I did more drugs and alcohol out there than I was sure. doing here, and and I, I didn't know how that was possible, but but I did. So I I tried um, a trauma therapist specializing in EMDR mm-hmm. because I did you know watching my father and my mother go through what they were going through as an only child taking care of them. Sure. And this this whole you know I had friends who were in the industry of recovery and and you know have psychological um, have degrees in psychology. Right? right, who said, "Listen, you need to go see. I'm telling you, you need to see somebody with trauma because I was with you while you were watching this." Sure, right. So I tried that. No, I tried. Um, you know, I tried it. I tried to. I thought I was so unique, you know, terminally unique, um, that I went to Psychology Today, right? Because look at all the things I accomplished. I surely can figure this out. Right. Here's how I'm going to do it. I went to Psychology Today and I looked up somebody who was a case hack. Right, which is like has a degree for, uh, rec- you know, in, in the recovery world, right? right. A state certification, right? Mm-hmm. But also specialize in hypnosis, right? Because then that person surely would be able to hypnotize me and get me out of this problem. And I tried doing that and paying for that, and that didn't work. So what was it? Like, how did you make the change? Yeah. We've had other people on the show that have had substance abuse problems. Yeah. And everyone has that eureka moment right. that you had mentioned. But what what made you change and, and what worked for you? Uh, I could tell you the moment that I, another how moment I had that, but what in a nutshell is I, I got into a 12 step recovery world Okay, and I feel like, you know, everybody's got their own journey and their own path, but it was clear to me, you know, it, 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 what I say to people is if you have what I have, you know, then none of that stuff worked for me. Right. Right. I had, you know, there's, there's people that are just hard drinkers that drink for 10, 15, 20 years and they find out the doctor says, hey, if you keep drinking, your liver's gonna fail. You already have alcohol-induced hepatitis, right? Right. And then that person is done. Right. Scare. Or their wife says, I'm done, I'm gonna leave you. I'm taking the kids. And they're like, I don't wanna lose my family. Done, right? And then you have the people that you can't understand how they will lose their family, how they'll lose their job, how they'll lose their health, how they'll be living or eating, living under a bridge, eating out of a dumpster, as opposed to Making the change. Making the change, right? That is a variety in its own that is right. very, very different than that than the hard drinker or the hard drug user. That is the guy that w- that wants to stop, that if he could just flick the button and turn it off, you know, like there was a button yeah. you could flick and you'd be done, yeah. that would flick it in a heartbeat. But they can't do it. But they just can't. They want to want to stop. Right. But they just can't. You know, they wake up, they make many, many decisions. I'm done. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and I'm going to go to social services and whatever it is I'm going to, and I'm going to put my life first. And they wake up the next day and their mind just is eating on them and tells them no. So what, what was it for you, Joe? That moment? Yeah. Um, you know, so what, so there were many moments. What was the moment for me? The moment that you said, I'm out. Uh, the moment that, well, I'll tell you what the moment looked like where I said I'm out. The moment looked like where I said I'm out, where I sat in the room at St. Christopher's Inn 
with the intake coordinator, right? Mm -hmm. I went there on my own and she said to me, well, you know, when's the last time you used drugs? I said, two days ago. And she goes, do you feel like you're going to use again? And I said, I, I said, I don't feel, I feel like something changed that I don't want to use again, but I've felt like this a thousand times sure. and I don't trust myself. So like, I'm here telling you, I, I can't tell you that I won't use again because I don't believe myself. Right. My mind has changed too many times. Like you, you know, I, I, I'm leaving it up to you. And she said, well, I can't make that decision for you. She's like, and I said, well, I have a temporary sponsor that I had met in these rooms. Can you please call him and put him on the phone and you two make the decision? I took the decision making out of my hand. Okay. Because I was like. But you trusted enough the other people to lead you down the right path. I put Yeah, I put Yeah, well, I mean, St. Christopher's Inn is one hell of an organization. Right. Yeah, and, great. And, and um you know, and and she called this temporary sponsor that I had, and she he got her, she got him on the phone, and he was like asking me the same question, and I said to him, I don't know, I don't trust myself. Right. I can't. You're asking me my honest answer. The honest answer is I don't trust me. Right. I feel like I'm really going to give it a hundred percent shot, but I've done that so many times. So she, they came up with this plan. Well, we're going to drug test you, and you know, for alcohol as well. And if you if, if you can have a locker here and put all your stuff and be intake coordinated or whatever and if you come up dirty you'll go away in you'll go away inpatient back right. to inpatient because i had already tried that in the past so i said okay great plan and then i i left there um i was able to get a, a i got a ride there every morning there and back right uh paid for right mm -hmm. through medic so like through through the recovery medical world right sure. I, was, I got a um paid for so it was a 45 minute ride there and back every day um and when i left i spent six or seven hours there eat lunch with the guys because it's also an inpatient. They do mm -hmm. an outpatient program there as well. Mm -hmm. So I was doing the outpatient program. I came back home, maybe took a nap, went to a 12-step meeting, went out with the guys from the 12-step meeting afterwards for like dinner to yeah. talk to them and be around those people right. and fully submerge myself in the 12-step How program. long did it take you before you could open a new company? Uh, but I, about a year and a half, two years. Okay. You bet about it maybe um, – I don't know. Around COVID, when right right before COVID started happening, my phone was still ringing. Like I turned off my phone, my the phone lines and everything. I was completely like, I put recovery first because I couldn't right. manage anything else. Everything yeah. I tried, I was losing anyway. So I, I did that, and and uh, when I turned my phones back on, like my cell phone, that I just routed the number back, right? Because I was like, I'll give somebody the calls or whatever. It was like uh, maybe a year later, and and their calls were coming in, and I was just like, you know what? Let me try. I'll try. I thought the business was the problem. Like I thought everybody right. else was the problem. And uh, I was like, well, I'll try them, but I'm going to charge top dollar. Right. I'm going to give incredible service. But I'm gonna try. And I started doing some jobs and I was charging a premium for yeah. what we were doing, but we were giving white glove service. And like people were, there was no headaches. There was no yeah, issues. They loved it. And they loved it. And then COVID hit. Right. And then it's like, all of a sudden the phone was like, I'd never shut off business because right. everybody was moving. Sure. And I had 10 years of, doing good and bad business. So we had repeat customers, mm -hmm. right? And um, and then from there, it was just- I There we are. Now we're 13,000 moves later. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, congratulations, right. man. It's a great story. And thank you for sharing it yeah, my pleasure. with us. Yeah. So now on the, on the moving end of things, uh -huh. how do you, like what's your typical day look like, Joe? This? <laughs> yeah. I, you I do podcasts? Uh, a lot of stuff more on- Social on, media. On social media, yeah, yeah. But like everything marketing related, you know, anything marketing related is is a lot of my days. And then and then um I still I'm still I'm mostly involved in this, but I'm also involved in 
when they come to, you know, larger size moves, mm. or say you said, hey, Joe, my sister's moving. I would like for you to coordinate it directly. Right. Right. Then, okay, and we'll take, I'll take a look through a Zoom call, do a walk through the house. Or if it's a complicated or complex move and it's, it's going to be a high-end move, like, you know, or someone, I'll do that. But that's it. So Zoom, two or three Zoom calls, you know, mm. a day maybe, and then most mostly marketing and then answering some questions from my operations department, whatever they need. Right. Nick, did you have a question? I did. So was that part of like a Phoenix reborn? Were you like, oh. I know I'm good at this, and now that I'm in a better place, I'm going to do it again and the right way? Yeah, I, it's a great question, actually. I made a lot of changes when I made that decision where I was yeah. like, I'm going to charge a premium, but I'm going to give different service. I completely changed the way, the way I believe the way people do moving. Yeah, I don't. I don't know any other movers that do that have a customer service policy that we do, and that's not a cheap plug for my moving company. Sure. Like, I really, genuinely don't know anyone that has a customer service policy set up like we have set up, and I don't know anybody that does the Zoom calls the way we do it. And and you know, and and well, walk me through that process, Joe. So, sure. what does your customer service policy look like? Uh, so I'll I'll all right. So customer service policy. I was going to walk you through a Zoom call, but but and first, but customer service policy is um, really simple. So we do we check in with you during the move. We ask how we're doing. Right. If you think we're doing good, we feel like we're failing. Right. Good is the guy across the street can be doing a good job. Right. right. I don't want to be the guy that's just doing a good job. So the words verbatim that we need to hear from you, word for word, is you're exceeding my expectations. Okay. Please remember that that phrase, Mr. Customer, because if you don't say that, we feel like we're failing. And you define that from the beginning with the Zoom call that you're on? Right. I, I explained okay. that, but I tell them the customer service policy. I say to them, there is no way you will get to the end of the move if you if you follow this customer service and not be overtly happy. Right. right? If at the point comes we're just doing a good job, immediately call us and let us know. We stop the clock. We work for free. And only when you say, I've observed it and you've addressed my, my, my concern and now you're exceeding my expectations, then we turn the clock back on. So there's a twofold reason I do that. Yeah. Right? A lot of times, even if somebody doesn't want to pay for a move, they'll wait till the end of the move, even if they're wrong. right? right. And they'll say... Oh, at two o'clock this afternoon, it started where these guys weren't doing X, Y, and Z. I want to take that away from everybody. Sure. I want you, the moment you feel like we're not exceeding your expectations, let me know I work for free. Yep. And then when you only when you say yes, you're exceeding my expectations, we turn the clock back on. So it's impossible for someone to get to an end of a move and not have the most amazing experience. That's fa that's fantastic. Doesn't we don't allow it. And I jumped around a little bit there. So your first consultation that you have with someone who's looking to hire you yeah. is a Zoom call with the potential only client. a Zoom call. And he, and the reason why is because we record it and we send the customer a copy. It holds us accountable. That's great. Whatever I promise you, I can't tell you how many contractors I wanted to strangle that came to the house, right? Told me one thing and then afterwards said, "Oh, well whatever." And then I went to go look at the contract and I'm like, "It's not on the contract." Now I'm but I remember this guy telling me, right? I'm Same things happen to me. Yeah. You know, I've had construction work done before, and it's no slight on contractors, right, yeah. but I've had the exact same thing happen. Mm -hmm. I know what you told me, and then you refer back to the contract. And, and there's a lot of terms and, and shame on me that I didn't read every word of the contract. I am responsible. But most people don't do that. No, no, but a lot of people don't do it. Yeah. A lot of, well, here's the common thing. Well, you, you know, you came, and you saw my house, and you told me an estimated five hours. Right. Yes, Mr. Customer, but you signed a contract here that's hourly. Right. 
And it just says, if it takes more hours, you pay for more hours. So this is the contract that you agreed upon. So we take all of that out of the equation when it comes to the customer. So you're defining everything up front on the Zoom call. And then you send a copy of, of that Zoom call of the recording over to the client. Correct. I love it. So they have a call, yeah. And just to make sure we're on the same page, it's important stuff. This is a, I've never heard of this before. Yeah. Is now if someone's working on the job, and you get a call saying you are not exceeding my expectations. You shut the clock off and your guys work for, for people free. work for free for, yeah. until they are, you're exceeding their expectations. Right. So, so it, it, it makes great. it very different. Somebody can't turn around. If somebody says they're, for example, right, it's, we don't get these calls because you can imagine if we're giving these, if we're giving this away, we're delivering incredible <laughs> service, <laughs> right. right? We're not giving yeah. a blank check, right? But it's very mm -hmm. difficult for somebody in the moment to say you're moving left if they're moving right. 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 So it, it puts people in a perspective where they have control, right? And it sets the bar as high. So we don't give guesses. I don't know if your movie is going to be 10 hours or 12 hours. I will give an estimate because it's required by law and I'll give you a three hour minimum. Mm -hmm. That's it. Right. If your move takes eight hours, that's what it was meant to take. Right. right. And the reason we do that is because I take us out of the low balling. Yeah. Right. Somebody will say, look at a move and say, oh, this look in their head. This looks like it's going to be seven hour move. They're not going to tell you it's going to be seven or eight hours. What right. are they going to tell you as a salesperson? He only gets paid if you book the job. You think he's going to tell you? So? No, right. he's going to tell you five or six. You'll have a little bump till seven or eight. Your mm -hmm. bill is an extra five, six hundred dollars. And he's hoping you'll be OK with that if he's lucky. And if he's unlucky, the move will go a little haywire. And what was supposed to be in his head, a six or seven hour move turned out to be an eight or nine or ten hour move. Sure. But he told you five. Right. And now your bill is double right. and the people are going. But I, but he gave me an estimate for five hours, but you signed an hourly rated contract. Yeah, I have a question for you about that. So as a consumer, uh -huh. is that how the industry works? Is it always an hourly rate or is it a flat job rate? So there's two options. You okay. can have a flat rate price and you can have an hourly rate price. Okay. A flat rate price is wonderful. If you don't if you're not really on a budget and you're just like, hey, I just wanna I just I'm just budgeting yeah. for the end of the month. I wanna know what my expense is gonna be here. Great, a flat but it is not well, never with us, your cheapest option. And any half good mover, right, is never going to sh shoot himself in the foot. If he thinks it's going to be a seven-hour job, he's going to give you a flat rate based on nine. Sure, just in case it runs over. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So now knowing that you're paying for nine hours and you can get it done in seven or even six if you help out, yeah. and you're paying an hourly rate of 300 or 350 an hour, that's a $700 to $1,000 difference mm -hmm. by not taking that flat rate contract. So while you... You can offer both, and it's not a requirement by law to offer both. But if someone says, hey, I want a flat rate, sure, we offer a flat rate. But keep in mind that it's not always your cheapest option. So how does that work? So you go in and you're quoting a job, mm. and you're looking around. It's a 3,000-square-foot house. Now, are you – you wrap everything. So you wrap everything. You're breaking all the beds down. You're doing all that stuff, securing it, mm. putting it on the truck, going mm. to the new property – and then you're unwrapping everything and putting everything back together. Yes. How in the world do you quote how much time that's going to take? That's a very good question. Well, when you've been doing it long enough, you yeah. should have a general idea, but we don't. We don't. Well, we do have a general idea. We just don't quote the time. Okay. Because you're right. Asking that question and being able to be to be accurate with it is sort of like me and you taking a, a, a train in midtown Manhattan during rush hour. And you take the train all the time and me going, hey, how many people do you think are on that cart? Right. You might be right. You might, I mean, you won't never be exact, right. but you could be close. In the ballpark. Or right. you could be 20% off, <laughs> right. and which can be a $700 difference sure. if you equate that over there. So we just say, I, I, I'm like this. If you want, we have the reputation, right? We are a sorted. I don't know how I did it. 
through dedication and applying 12-step principles to honesty, integrity, to, I believe, a law, I believe God showing me the right way to live allowed me to get where I am today. Right. But we are sought after where people want us there, right? right. Where people want they, our rep. They, they want our brand. You. They want our brand. Yeah. They want to align with our brand, and they want us. We are sought after. I don't do advertising at all. I don't advertise the general public one bit, right? Mm -hmm. So I tell clients, if you want our if you want us there, right, this is your show-up fee. This is your rate per hour. Everything else is included. Right. We don't charge for material. It's all built in. You know, taxes are already included. There's no taxes on it. You know, you have free insurance that comes required by Department of Transportation regulations. Sure. Right? So there are no extra fees and hidden charges. Right? right. It's a show-up fee and then a rate per hour based on how many hours we're there. There's a three-hour minimum. And I can give you a maximum with a cap of nine or ten hours. It's going to fall somewhere in between there. Okay. And if you if you you take a look at our reputation here, right? If we can save you an hour or two, we will. If you need a number in order to decide whether like an arbitrary number that can change, yeah, that's not us. You're not going to lead them down the wrong path. I'm not going to lead. I, 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 it's yeah. really simple. I'd rather not have your business than have you unhappy. I, set same, your expectations same. as so same way. Set yeah. your expectations as high as you want. For right. speed, quality, professionalism, for you getting to the end of the movement going, no one would have gotten that done quicker. This was the best moving day I could have possibly had, right? And if if that is your answer at the end of the day, then you know you hired the right person. Set them as high as you want. But as far as guessing your hours, I'm not a guesser. I'm a mover. How do, how do you, how many people show up for a job? Does it depend on the size of it? Yeah, it depends okay. on the size of it. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 as little as two movers, we don't, nothing less than two. I'm not, you know. It's, 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 All right. So listen, Joe, I need you to move my thousand pound gun safe. Okay. Like, wh how do you quote something like that? Uh, based on time. Okay. Yeah. So if, so if we have a minimum, three-hour minimum, if I'm going to send two movers to do it, you know, if and then there, it depends on where where we're going to move the safe from and to. There's the time to get there and the time to get how back to it. How do you even get that? Like, I don't have a gun safe, by the way. But they have equipment. That if I, okay. So it's like it's like a heavy-duty dolly. It depends. If there's stairs involved, it's a heavy-duty, not heavy-duty dolly, heavy-duty hand truck. Right. Yep. Very heavy. You've seen them. They look like refrigerator hand trucks. You oh, know. sure. Yeah. So similar to that, and it's got a, a a mechanism on the back that climbs upstairs and it can lift fifteen hundred pounds. Wow. So you could do that, and and so also, you can move anything. Well, yeah. I mean, also a piano? thousand pounds, a thousand. Yeah, yeah. We move pianos, okay. grand pianos. Yeah. But it, it also um, a safe that's a thousand pounds is really not as heavy as you'd think. Okay. When you have it on some sort of piece of equipment. makes sense. You get the leverage on it. Sure. Much different. Yeah. Yeah. It's still dangerous. You got to be careful. It's got to be strapped properly. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, that thing falls. That's a. That's why it's important to have like you know like. That's why you need the concierge service. Correct. Well, that's why you need to be licensed <laughs> and insured. That's why you yeah. need to make sure you're with some because you know they somebody gets hurt on your property and you lose. You can. That's it. I don't know if you lose your property, but you'll have a big lawsuit if you don't have a licensed insured company. Sure, I got. No, I can imagine. I want to get into more detail about how your business operates and everything like that. We're just going to take a break. Joe, Greg, Your Mortgage Process, we'll be right back at you. Well, welcome back, everybody. Greg Wareham, Your Mortgage Process. Joe Serbone, thanks again for joining us, Joe. All right, I got to come back to the pianos. Okay. So, or these huge objects, right? Uh -huh. Do you ever have situations where you got to hoist them out of the house? Yeah, yeah, it happens. If, if, it's, a, uh, if it's a baby grand piano, right? Uh, you, you know, if you're using pulleys and you're, you're, uh, you, you can engage the guys to do it yeah. to your question if it's a grand piano right or depending on the weight that's when you need special equipment to to and also depending on permits and stuff like that depending on if you're coming out of where you're moving it if you're moving it out of a private house out of the backyard off of the deck 
Right. Well, then, you know. Now, does that cost more money, those items, or is it just a product of oh, time? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. you got to quote that stuff out separately when you're yeah, walking yeah, in yeah. there. We subcontract a lot of stuff like that. That makes sense. So if it's yeah. going to be require special equipment like a crane or something like that, we definitely subcontract. I don't have cranes sitting in my warehouse. All right. <laughs> we <laughs> may need to make an investment here. Maybe now. in the future, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you insure yourself? Uh, like, like yeah, regular like, insurance? Yeah, like insurance. I, so I think of moving, okay, yet all these different factors, uh-huh. right? Something can get broken just moving it out of the house. It get broken on the truck. It can get broken coming back in. One of the people on my team could could get hurt, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many different factors that go into it. I would think insurance is like a big part it's of the huge. Industry. It's one of the most expensive things. Is it the most expensive yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I can If you were to start a new business today and insure one truck, you'd be looking at $26,000 a year just for the insurance on the truck and the wow. liability. Okay. General liability and the insurance on the truck, $26,000 a year. And then you add to that, and obviously more trucks you add, the less you're going to pay. But one truck to start a business, $26,000 a year, not including your cargo insurance. Maybe including your cargo insurance because sure. it's small, but if a list of insurances that are required for a mover to have to be licensed, right? You can be a mover on Craigslist, show up with your van that's attached to your right, or even rent a truck yeah. from U-Haul and show up and have no license, no insurance. But sure. but to be licensed by the state, either you know licensed or federally licensed, we'll just use that right. as a broad right. They require you to have general liability, which all businesses should have, right? So right. this means if. Um, if my, you know, if if we're in the course of work and I drop a piano on John Doe's leg and break his leg in half, and they go to sue the company, right? You got well, it. Your insurance, general liability. Sure. Yeah. So then you have cargo insurance, which if your stuff is out on the road, and let's say the truck does a a flip, so you know flips over, or you know, or somehow is caught in a flood or something like that, you have cargo insurance, which mm-hmm. is required for the cargo you're carrying. Sure. Right. Then you have the insurance on the truck, right? So collision, fire, theft general liability on the truck if i hit my truck with someone god forbid right right uh, or the truck backs into the building or runs over somebody in front of a building so you have your general liability probably that would kick in for that and the liability on the, the truck right? right so you have truck insurance cargo insurance gl regular gl for the business uh workers compensation and disability so i got a question for you i've moved a few times yeah and if someone got hurt on my property am i liable well that's a funny question because if i fell over here Right. right. Well, let's not use me for an example because then it takes me out of it. Let's but say Nick. Say, well, we'll say the random random person came in here, right, and okay. fell. Yeah. They would sue me. They would sue you. They would sue Nick for looking at them. They would sue the building, <laughs> right? right? The property right, management right. for not doing it right. Right. That is what lawsuits are. Right. So if somebody gets hurt on your property, you could be rest assured as a homeowner, you're probably going to be included in the lawsuit. However, sense. if you've hired a licensed and insured company and you've Done and and you've done it right. You can request what's called a, on your certificate of insurance. You can ask to be listed as an additional insured on that mover's policy. So when Got that it. person goes to sue you, you say, "Well, here's my coverage. I was and insured on his my personal coverage." Correct. So that's why a buildings a lot of buildings these management companies will require a mover have insurance and provide a certificate of insurance and list the management company, the shareholders, and the person and that building yeah, that as an additional insured. And that's the protection. Of- I mean, that's just a smart move from a consumer standpoint. Just pull yourself out any liability. Think about roofers, for example. You know, yeah. like people try to you hire a roofer to come to the house. If that right. roofer falls off, I think there was like a story. If you you ever see um, what a story. You ever, what was that show? It was such a good show. House. Like, no, you'll know what I'm talking about. It was with the father. He was an alcoholic. And uh, shameless, shameless, yes, it's great, show. yes, 
There was an <laughs> it's episode. It's like in my top three. There was, I love Shameless. It's incredible. So it's so great. There was an episode uh, of Shameless where there was a roofer. Towards, I think it was one of the last seasons where a yep. uh, guy was doing roof and he fell off and he wasn't insured. Yeah, I right? remember. And then sued them, right? Yep. So it's the same concept. You know, and people, because we take it lightly, you know, like oh, we're going to hire a licensed insured roofer and he's going to charge us 10 grand. I could get some guy that'll do it for six grand. Yeah, maybe. Probably might not do as good of a job, but right. even if he does, you're it's you're in a lot of liability. There was also a really great episode where uh uh in that in Shameless where the daughter where the girl, the pretty girl, the sister, the yeah. older sister Fiona. Yeah. She had become an alcoholic and there were and I, there's a lot of truth. I don't know what experience anybody on the show or the producers had, but there was a lot of truth to what was going on in her experience and where the uh the uh, the next door neighbor was yell um was or her brother was yelling at the next door neighbor, telling her, "Well, you're not saying anything there. You're sitting and you're being a bystander. You might as well help her dig her own grave." Right. I found a lot of resonance in that in the recovery world. Like, yeah, no, really I can imagine. Never forgot that episode. You know what? I got a uh, so shameless. I'm sorry to say I learned about the show same, Shameless from my 15 year old who was watching it in the basement, <laughs> and he finished it. Luke finishes it, and he goes, "Hey, mom, dad, I got a great show for you to watch. Shameless." I'm like, okay, we'll check it out. The first episode I watched, I felt like a terrible parent. I was what? like, well, it's kind of it's kind of raunchy. Like the first few episodes are like, oh, uh, that they were watching, it, that they thought? were watching oh, it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, this is what's going on in the basement. I got to spot check this. <laughs> Let me tell you. So the UK version, obviously, they have way different. I heard it's standards. great. It, I actually like. So I watched the UK version first. When I first started hearing about it, uh -huh. I was like, oh, I want to see what everyone's talking about. Uh -huh. So I I watched the the UK, thinking that was what what everyone was talking about. Uh, and I've watched a few UK shows and very different humor, but it is way grungier. Like they go into like the whole like poor alcoholic drug and all those substance abuses, but like it's way more grim. It still has a fun show and there's like, you know, comedy and things yeah, like that. It's but dark. It's, it's, they're, really? they're, yeah, it's just like, like Fiona's dad, right? Uh, uh -huh. What's his name? Gallagher. Um, Frank, 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 Gallagher. Frank Gallagher. Like, great character. He's just too pretty to really. Like, His teeth were a little too good for right? a degenerate like, alcohol. He was you, a Hollywood alcoholic. Google, Google <laughs> Frank Gallagher in the UK version, and you're like, absolutely. It's like a an old school Ozzy Osbourne with like forty pounds lighter, and you're like, it makes sense. But a good show, worth the watch. Oh, amazing. I would. I like it better still. I'm going to check it out because I had such a. I really love. So great. You can put on any episode and keep me entertained. Oh, I couldn't agree with absolutely. you more. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. So I come up. So we have this white glove concierge service that you offer. Yeah. How do you build your team to meet those expectations? Because it's hard. It is hard. I, I feel like um, it's definitely top down. So when I said to you before, I believe that applying a lot of um, spiritual principles to the way that I conduct business kind of facilitates the whole the the luck that we've had. You know. Mm -hmm. um, like uh, it's not luck, by the way. But go ahead. No, I. I but that's why I was quoting. You know, yeah, I, yeah. but but, I, but what I believe to be is if if you if a situation arises and my default is to be dishonest and lie about it, right? right then what am I teaching the foreman and the people around me? Right. So if no matter how no matter how difficult it is, I try my absolute best in every situation to be honest about it. Right. Because that practice is by leading by example, and then the people. You know, you, you, I used to remember. Like screaming at guys. I mean, this is when I was, yeah. you know, like, how, why can't you be honest? I mean, like, we're on the same team. Why would you lie to me? But meanwhile, I'm over here lying about other things. You lied so to yourself. Like, right. And they're, yeah. they're watching me be right. dishonest and then go, how's this guy asking me to be dishonest? He's not even honest. Right. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I got very, very lucky in implement, implementing the right 
core group of people in place. And then when you have guys that are following your lead and doing things honestly with integrity and, and, you know, um, trying to withhold judgment and like, just, you know, just giving the 110% of themselves as you add people around them to that, like sure. more employees, you're going to either push the negative away or attract the positive. Right. And that's just the way the world works. So, you know, you put a new guy that's not really into working as hard and being honest and, and all that have the same qualities. He's not going to feel comfortable there. And no. these guys are going to, eat them up, chew them up and spit them out very quickly. You know, and it's nice that you get the core group now. Right. So you assimilate. Right. People come in, they assimilate to that core group that you've you put together and right. that you've led by example with. That's yes, great. this time around. Yeah, this time this around. This time around, yeah. Hey, you know what? That's Everything's falling into place for you, which is yeah. just fantastic. Yeah. The New York mover. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so now do you move, where's your area of are, your territory? Uh, so we are licensed to move in every state in the country. So Great. we're federally licensed and we're... Uh, I'm moving to California. I can call the New York mover and you'll move me there. Absolutely, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Now, what else do you move aside from houses? Like if I had to move a antique car, is that something you do or you refer out? Uh, so that's something we would contract, okay. subcontract. Yeah. But I, I don't think that we would... So I would... If it was a car or they called somebody in our office, we would more likely direct them to... Some places that we trust, like the top two or three places that we would, because car business is very for moving cars. Yeah. it's like, you know, you have you think of mechanics sometimes. And no offense to any mechanics, but sometimes you you find a good mechanic, you stick with them, right? Right, because they have that reputation where you lose your pants. Sure. Right, we don't know. I don't know that much about cars. Maybe right. you know, I don't. You know. no, no, no. Right, so movers. I'm that typical guy who's like they made them all electronic now. That's so, what I want. Yeah, right? So. No, no, I don't know how to do it. I anything. have the Tesla on pre-order. I'm looking forward to it. Really? Are you and Nick are going to be best friends? Cybertruck for years now. I've had it on pre-order. <laughs> By the time Elon Musk gets around to it, it's going to be. You know, I'm going to be 80 years old, but whatever. Yeah. So I I was saying with the mechanics, you you find one. Same thing with movers. If you find a good mover, you stick with them. And they, the the shitty movers out there help the really good movers stand out like a sore thumb right. because there's so many shitty movers. We have an industry there's some amazing movers. Right. Not disparaging our whole industry, but it it is very top hit. Uh, I don't know if I'm using the right expression. There's a very small percentage we stand out. You, you know, and it's with, the same in every industry, by the way. Yeah. I see it in my industry. You see it in real estate. You see it everywhere. That's true. You know, that's that top 20% that really does everything the right way. I think more what I meant is that like, right, there may be some people that do, don't do it the right way, but I'm talking about like in the industry fueled with people. They, they have websites set up called movingscams.com. Federal Motor Carrier Service Administration is a governmental website that, you know, gives a lot of information that you can find on the the insurance of a mover and the reputation of the mover and how many times they've been put out of service or their trucks are falling apart and stuff like that. And they do it because not that they're not, yes, they're not doing it the right way, but there's also some really bad scam artists out there. So when I was saying like a mechanic where, you know, there's some mechanics that will take, you know, you take you for a ride if you're yeah. not keeping your eyes open, there are a lot of movers that do that. So what in the car transporting industry, it's even worse than moving or mechanics put together. Right. So we don't, want to really you know this is who I can we completely know. say it yeah don't, i don't want to get involved in stay it. in your lane our reputation is very important to me right so i try to this is who i would give a shot to but going with your eyes open and choose one of these two or three people I don't what know. kind of precautions do you take with your team to make sure that a they don't get hurt okay and that nothing gets damaged along the way yeah so um i think the most simple for them not getting hurt in an industry where it can be very injury prone, sure. Lift with your leg, lift with your, you know, squat. Don't lift with your back. Right. Squat, you know, it really works. Lift with your, yeah, yeah, it really, really works. <laughs> no, this, you know, and, and uh, I think 
I shouldn't say that because that is a very simplified. Are you guys using like the those equipment that I've seen like online? No, it's, it's like no, the, no, no. Like a strap that goes across. No, no, no. Interesting. no it's 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 it's. It's helpful if you're moving like a p, you know, if you're moving uh, uh like tall, a, like cabinets. Or. Yeah, or you know, if you're just bringing out a um a washing machine like right out to the truck. Yeah, but but right. a lot of times it's just quicker to put it on a dollar. To, you know, they're not too heavy, but for an average person, it would be it makes it much easier to do that. But to answer your so question, kind of difficult for you, Nick. <laughs> Even though Nick's been, on the truck the, for Nick's been doing a lot of leg day, I'm just saying he came in day. the other day as a and he was like crippled from doing leg. He's day in shape. He's, in, he's he's very he's, fit. He's, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the <laughs> answer is putting the right number of movers on a job. Yeah, that if makes you sense. don't tire yeah, yeah. people out, you make them a lot less prone, and you also make the client a lot happier. No one wants to moving for eight or 10 or 12 hours. Yeah. The shorter you can keep a move, the happier the clients are going to be. But the problem is when you want to move to be uh, faster, you have to put more movers, the right number, right. not too many. They get in each other's way and slow it down. They waste money. But you put the right number of movers, but by putting more movers, you're raising the rates and the rates scare a client up front. So you really take the time to explain to them, hey, look, you can pay for more hours at a lower rate or you can pay for less hours at a higher rate. Right. Right. It's all going to equal out the same. You know what? That's a great point, too. Yeah. Like, you really don't want it to take that much time. I'm just thinking about you closing on a house. You're all, it's just stressful. Oh, it the just whole, yeah. is. You it's know, one of the top three most stressful. I'm divorced, Google it. job. Google it. Can we do that like they do on the other? Can you, can you Google this? They can do anything. The time, I'm sure that moving is up there in one of the top three or five most stressful I, things. I think it outside is. Outside of like divorce. Three. Divorce your job. Right. Loss of job or like death. Yeah. And then after that, I think moving, moving is right up there. It's super stressful. So if you think about it, if you put more movers on and keep it shorter, the client is, well, you, you what happens when you tire people out? Let's say, for example, you're paying something hourly. Yeah. Right. If you have an eight hour, nine hour move, I don't care if these guys are Arnold Schwarzenegger on steroids. No. Right. And it's prime. After five or six hours, you're going to lose efficiency. Right. So why not keep a move as short as possible? Even if you're paying a higher rate, you are getting 100% or 90% efficiency by not tiring these guys out. No, that's right? a great point. Keep low mileage on right. it. Right. And also prevent injuries. To your original question is how do you prevent injuries is not not killing your guys, giving them time to recover, just like when you're training. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Nick knows. It makes perfect sense. Training those legs. Right, you need days to recover or time. See, so you get you got him sidetracked now. Yeah. He's like trying to work with the he's Google. Got, like, he's working you, on the Google he's machine. He's got a here. phone. He's got a laptop in his left hand, <laughs> a, microphone a microphone in his right hand. Tesla in he's, my back pocket. He's holding a Tesla in his back pocket. So uh, there's an article here. I mean, just one of the first ones that popped up. It's from 2015. But it says the top five, the top five most stressful life events include the death of a loved one, divorce, moving, major illness, injury, number three. Well, and you, it it and I'll give this plug for home inspectors here, okay. right? Because this is one of your largest investments, and people will try to save a hundred dollars yeah. to get a cheaper home inspector. Makes no sense. But the the top five most stressful things in your life, up there with divorce and death. And you're looking for somebody to save you $25, $35 an hour. And I understand that I've been a consumer before, but we are not the mover for that person. Right. Right. If you don't understand, you know, if you like, I don't want to be, I, you know, stress is a, it's a very high stressful situation. And, you know, you have to uh, hire the right people. And we have some of the highest paid movers in the tri-state area. Yeah. Because I know what happens when you look for a cheap mover. Right. You get a cheap mover. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we see, Joe, in the on the mortgage end of the business mm. is sometimes closings get delayed, right? There's an issue on the seller side. They can't close on time. And I get this statement all the time. I have the mover set for a week from Thursday. 
what do I do? That's us telling them to send you an email yelling at you. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> no. But like, uh, like, how does that work though? Because things happen, right? Uh, yeah. So, so we have a. Uh, it's a. It's a great, fantastic question. It really is. It is uh, a, one of the most difficult things that we go through when scheduling. Um, you know, and for example, I'll give you a better one. What happens when you have a double closing? Right. Where does the person go? Yeah. Right. So I have a close. I'm close in order to buy my next house. I have to close on the house that I'm selling. Yep. And so what happens? So I have a closing at 12 and then a closing at three. Yep. Right. But when do I have the movers? If they come the day before, where do I sleep right. the next night? Yeah. Right. I can't have it delivered that next day because I'm doing closings all day long. Yeah. Right. I can't technically move into the new house until three o'clock when I do the closing on the next. So I have to go the day. So now where am I sleeping that next night? And I'm also paying for it to keep on the truck. So our, our suggestion, we always default back to the to the loan officer and the lawyer, but what's called a rent back. Okay. Talk a little bit about that. So a rent back is where, and I'm sure you know this, a rent back is where, you know, whoever you're selling your home to, the home that you need to sell to get into the next property, they will essentially rent back that house to you for an extra two or three days. So they close and then there's a clause or something in there where, you know, you can live in that house for another two, three days for a a dollar nominal figure, whether it's a dollar or a thousand, I don't know. But then it allow you to close on this house, the house you're selling, close on the house you're buying, and have three days to move, or whatever it is agreed, to move into the new house without being stressed out of your yeah, mind. Yeah, it's called use and occupancy. Okay, so that's... Yeah, it's a use of occupancy, okay. exactly how you just defined it. It was yeah. like, hey, listen, can we move in prior to us owning the house, yeah. and then there's a cost associated with that. Yeah. So, and I think when you're dealing with a couple of sane people that already cleared for a closing on, on either side, they're really agreeable to that. <laughs> every, every once in a while you get someone in the wild and it's like, no, 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 no. Not, are, are you, was, was that sarcasm? Because I find that there's a lot of times that you have, that you have people that are not agreeable. It, it's to- a stressful time yeah, for yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And this is where it's so important between the loan officer, between the real estate agent, mm. between the mover, mm-hmm. between the attorney, the title company. Like one of the really important things, and we've talked about this on the show before, is the network. Because when everybody knows each other, everything works out and yeah. it keeps the stress level down. Yeah. You know, when you have different different people doing different things and no one's communicating, no one ever really knows each other. Mm. Well, it's their fault. It's the loan officer's fault. What right. do you mean the mover is going to charge you to cancel and change this? Right? You see these things go yeah. go haywire. Where some great advice I can give to the consumer is just make sure that you're working in network right. or the real estate agent. Make sure you have a really good network of people you're working with because things go smooth. And the important part about it, it takes the stress off of the consumer. Mm. And that's what all of our jobs are. Very true. It's very true. Because we're working together on a deal and we have a relationship together. You know, we could just call you on the side and be like, hey, what do we, and we're not fighting, opposing each other. Exactly. We're figuring out a way to find a resolution to serve the client instead of getting on different ends and blaming each other. It makes complete sense. And that's sense. the name of the game, right? How do we help people? To answer your question, you said, um, what do you do in that situation? Like yeah. what kind of policies do you have set up? So yeah, we look, we will give advice for rent back and see if it's even a possibility. But we have a, uh, we understand that things change. So we always encourage, and this is good information. I, I'd say even for for a loan officer, for a real estate agent to know, people will say, well, oh, you know, you don't get a mover yet. Well, in May, June, and July, you can't even get a U-Haul truck, a 26-foot U-Haul truck at the end of any of those months. I have a friend who does elections, right? And he he will bring the um, the voting booths, right? Voting machines and brings them all out. Really? He had to hold a U-Haul hostage because he learned his lesson 
right? Not that he didn't pay for it, but he said, I'll bring it back in two days, three days. Right. I'm not saying I condone this. I'm just saying this is what he was left with because he knew that if he, no matter if you reserve it, it's not available at the end of the month. My point is that it is such a, uh, this business is such a, uh, uh, feast or famine business that May, June, and July are the busiest times of the year. You can easily do four to five times more business per month easily. It's a sweet and spot. It, it is, yeah. and it's impossible. You'll what happens is if somebody waits, right? Say to the end of July, I think I might be closing on the twenty seventh, but I don't know. My loan officer or my my attorney is saying they'll have more information for me in about a week and a half, so I'll be able to come in at that point. Well, well, here we are at July eighth or whatever we are, July ninth. I don't. I'm like so so. What day are we? Tenth. Tenth. Okay. So here we are, July tenth, right? And he wants to wait until July seventeenth for a closing. That may happen on the twenty seventh. Ten days away. Moving companies don't just have guys sitting outside hanging out until you call them, right? right? Everybody that's moved with them or people that are advising them are saying, hey, get on the calendar at least a month in advance. Right now, I'm booked for the end of July, beginning August, and mm -hmm. I have a medium-sized company. But I don't care if you're talking about a company that does 110 moves a day. They are 90% booked. You're right. getting the bottom of the barrel of what they have left as far as crews are concerned. Their A-rated crews are already put to their previous clients who were the first ones to reserve. And if you get too close, five or six days away, matter bigger, no matter how big or small the company is, they probably won't have availability. And your client will not be able to go rent the truck if by chance they can get all their friends to help is, them. Is there a cancellation fee? associated three days before okay. so we allow anybody through as long as so, so we encourage people pick a day email your attorney email your loan officer email your realtor and say hey i understand things happen this is the day that i picked with the mover they won't have avail they might not have availability any other day please let's try to shoot for this to be my target day sure. and let me know as soon as something changes mm -hmm. right because you can't control if someone doesn't come with their right proof of income or proof of yeah, their docs totally. right that's not your fault but you'll know and you can at least advise them, hey, we don't have this yet. It's looking like it's not going to be the 27th. It might be August 5th. Yeah. And then as long as they let us know any changes, three business days or more in advance, we'll accommodate as long as we can. But we accommodate people sure. that are already on the schedule. Yeah, no, no. Makes perfect sense. They're already our clients. Nick has a question for you. Sure. I, think, I think that's the, the power of not just like the mortgage broker, like someone like Greg, because Greg is great at utilizing the grand team. Where a lot of mortgage brokers are, I'm coming in, I'm getting what I need to get done, and I'm there for that. Yeah. But, you know, he's been carefully threading this as, you know. I'm the, in the right place. There's no question about it. It's all about people. It's about a certain level of professionalism. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's about communication with other like-minded professionals. Yes. And, you know, unfortunately, in every industry, you have a percentage of people that just don't come to the table with that, right? And it complicates it for everybody else that's involved in the process. 100%. So just the communication, the team, the no matter what who you're working with, you got to make sure that you're working with a professional. And that's one of the things that when you sat down originally, it was like, you don't scream mover at me. And that's my own paradigm. You're so professional. You're so polished in our conversation that we're having before this. You have a very specific viewpoint and policy and mission is right. the word that I'm looking for and what you're doing. You're going to get the highest level of service possible. That stuff's critical when you're dealing with situations like this. Moving in particular. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we, would you look for the cheapest plumber? You know, yeah. like, you know, you, you cheapest get, doctor. Right. Cheapest, list, yeah. Well, right? that's I've said that before. And then people are like, well, it's not as serious as moving as, as a doctor. I'm like, I've said, if you were going for knee surgery, would you go? I want to find the cheapest knee surgeon. Right. 
Like what? No. The, no. But, <laughs> and and although it's not knee surgery, that is like you were taught. You made a great point about the person who said uh, at the beginning. We were talking before this about a guy who's like, "There's no debt police out there or debt yeah. jail, yeah, right?" Yeah. So it's the same concept. Yeah. Like you know, okay, if but but. I, a knee surgery I have to live with, that'll be my health, right? Yeah. Moving, a couple things get damaged or they destroy everything and whatever, I can recover from that, right. right? So it's not as serious as knee surgery. But to Nick's point, it's the top most five stressful things anybody goes through in their life. Yeah. So maybe I want to pay a little bit closer attention, right? Or make it my, you know, or make it, I'm not saying break the bank with the mover. Sure. Right? There are a ton of movers that are way more expensive. Most of your van lines are way more expensive than sure. they are. But I am not, and I'm glad to not be the cheap mover. Like if right. you're looking for a cheap mover, I start off by saying, don't call me. Right. There's nothing I have to offer you. I don't know. I don't even know what it's like anymore to be the cheap mover. Yeah. Right. Because years ago I tried that, tried paying guys minimum wage and was, and I have no hair in my head left. Right. Doesn't work. You can't tell you have a hat on. Right. That's why I keep the hat on right, all the time. <laughs> but, but. Hey, I want, I want to shift gears for a little bit sure. as we start to land the plane a little bit. Okay. So we met through social media yes. that you do. And you actually, I don't know if you know this, you, you had spoken in an event that was here. Yes. I spoke in the afternoon. Okay, we missed and you each spoke, other. Yeah, we missed each other, and you spoke in the morning. And one thing that you do exceptionally well uh, is you're exceptional in the social media space. Thank you. And I love, I love the stuff that you're doing. Talk a little bit about that for people that are professionals out there listening. Like, how do you really gain a foothold in social media, mm. and how do you implement on a strategy? I can tell you a story that I just, I had this experience last week. I was training at a real estate agency and I was, you know, one of the things is like, after we get through, get behind, get past the fear behind it or why the time, lack of time that why we aren't posting, you know, another big question is what to post. Right. Right. And, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in not to sell. Right. I believe social media space is about referrals. Mm -hmm. Not many people are going, I need a plumber today. I'm going to go on Instagram and look for one. Right. Not many people are doing it for mover, home inspector, mortgage guy, or real estate. So if I'm, if I'm posting something, selling myself, right, who am I posting it for? Who am I targeting if nobody wants to see it? Right. Right. And most of us, if you know in our industry, right, it, real estate agents follow real estate agents. Loan officers follow loan officers. Yeah, loan officers follow real estate agents. It's everyone in the industry. Yeah. So if I'm posting, you know, anyway, my point is, this person, I talked about the necessity for finding a niche market and for real estate agents or for anybody in the the the, uh, the real estate industry, I often say, well, what about a um, just off the top of my head? I've already this is not off the top of my head, but this was off the top of my head. Then I said, what about a um, what about a catering hall? Right. Right. What if you went and featured another catering hall in your area as a real estate agent or loan officer, collaborated with them where right. they have 2,000, 3,000 followers of their followers, just like in our industry, all the other catering halls follow them. Right. You're highlighting that catering hall. What happens after people get married? They need a catering hall. They need a house. <laughs> and a house. They need a And house. a mover. Right. And a mortgage guy. Correct. So why wouldn't it be good? So, and then there's real, and I, so I said, if I was an agent, I would start to build my niche community around something like catering halls, party planners, event yep. planners, wedding planners, stuff like that. And then I would build that community. And the guy said, it's easy for you to say because you've, you know, and, and I said, I would just post stuff that was, you know, what to post. I don't care what you post as long as it gets attention to your page because posting about 
advertising yourself will not get you business. He said, it's easy to say you're in a community where everyone refers you. And I said, yes, but what you're not understanding is exactly what I did is what I'm telling you to do. And he said, no, it's not. And I said, yes, it is. Here's what I did. When I first started, I didn't post anything about moving. I went to every person that I could find in the real estate industry and I created wing reviews with them and I collaborated with them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't care whether that person ever sent me any business ever again. I collaborated with you and then everyone who follows you saw me and then they started following me. And then I reached out to, then I started making a relationship with them. Then I reached out to them and said, hey, you wanna do a video review? I noticed they're in a different office. Did a, uh, did a uh, wing review, did a wing review with them and then everybody that followed them started. And I built my community the same way I'm telling you, Mr. Real Estate Agent in this office, the same way I built my community, now I can make a post and get business from everybody sure. that follows me because I built my niche around me. You know, to not bore you with moving related stuff because people are not, you know, no one's checking out of the work to go right. on social media to be sold to. So I want to reinforce this bit to make sure everyone's on the same page sure. because we, we follow the same thought process you do at your mortgage process. So it's about the collaboration with other people supporting what they're doing so you can introduce yourself into their community and you have to take a philanthropic approach to it. That's what we're doing here And today. then that earns you the right longer term to then potentially be able to ask for the business. It is a referral game. That's it is it. not a hard sale game on social media. Yep. Could not a, agree with you more. Here's Love the and, I, and and the best way to describe it and we t- kind of talked about this a little bit is I believe my social media is a TV channel. And if you have a favorite TV channel, and it's say, for example, it was MTV, and all MTV did was play commercials all day long, would you go back to MTV? Absolutely not. If they played commercials <laughs> half the day, you'd still be half as likely to go to MTV. Yeah. If they play no commercials, that's usually your fa- That's usually what people are bu- paying money to not see ads. Right. Yet I want to give them ads and can't understand why I'm not doing well on social media. Yep. People pay money to not be sold to. I think that that's brilliantly broken down, Joe. I really do. That's very, very well put. Thank you. You know, and, and you see it all the time. There's another thing that drives me crazy in social media is people plugging what they've accomplished. Right. All the time. Let me show you what I did. My level of success, this thing that I sold or this mortgage that I did or these people that, that I moved to highlight you, though, not to highlight... Uh, the individual. I think it's a wrong move all the time. I think it is. So the problem is how do I distinguish between what is, when we build a website, we do that, right? We put our accolades, we put our accomplishments, we put our video testimonials. So why, so what I, my approach, and this is just my, is post that, but keep it in my story and then make it a highlight. There you go. Because people land on my page, they see my Instagram name, they know the New York mover, they get an idea I'm a mover. They see my, Uh, they see my bio, which clearly states that I'm a mover. They see all my highlights, which have my accolades and my video testimonials and what I've accomplished, but I'm not shoving it down their throat in my feed. Right. So when a a feed goes semi-viral, right, 5,000, 10,000, 3,000, 25,000 views, right, all these people are, you know, like, I believe that it gets that exposure because I'm not shoving sales down their throat but when they land on my page and they go to my story they'll see those things that i want to subtly so if you think about it it's like an ad that's running at the bottom of your favorite tv channel right it's there it's not pushing you away but it's just kind of you but know it's resonating what, you know yeah. what they have to offer yeah right so that's what i want to do 
I want to be the mover so that people know he's a mover. He's so funny that I like this guy. And but and then their next door neighbor gets ready to move or gets ready to sell their house or needs a loan and goes, hey, I know this funny loan officer. I know this funny realtor or this 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 guy that does these crazy things, but I like him, right? He's yeah. not, you know, he's not being politically, you know, you just got to, I don't know. <laughs> so much so much to that's say that's great I, I think that's fantastic and right. I and I hope that people grab it's a nugget of information that I hope people are going to capitalize on yeah. someone out there like really listen to what was just being said because yeah. it's important Thank you. so I want to bring it back to some of your personal journey again because I know on your feed uh, the NY mover that's on Instagram yeah. I had seen that you offer recovery coaching yes for could free you, could you talk for free yes for free. please could you talk about that for a moment uh, I know why it's important to you. But, right. So, you know. so I do the recovery coaching aspect really because I want to funnel people back into the 12 step world. Yeah. I don't believe if you have what I have that, that willpower or, you know, um, uh, you know, just, just giving more effort or staying away from people, places and things is the, is the solution to the problem that I had. So by offering recovery, I realized, hey, you have a you have a good you have a good following on social media, and if I offer this, rec- I don't not supposed to be promoting any particular twelve step program. Yeah, it's exactly. an attraction, not promotion. That's right. in our that's in the um, the you're educating. That's in the traditions yeah. of the program. Is, okay. is promotion is is attraction, not promotion. So I never mentioned what twelve step program I'm part of. I'm sure. just very very uh, adamant about twelve step recovery in my life. But in order to utilize the platform of social media to maybe help more people. I decided let me offer the recovery coaching thing, and I got certified as a recovery coach. So I have my uh, CARC certified recovery coach uh, certificate, and then I and I use and I just offered for free. And if anybody's willing to, you know, I have some requirements, which is you know join a twelve step program, and uh, I'm only going to recovery coach somebody for ninety days, and because with I'm if you're not. If, if you're doing and you're showing up in those 90 days, you don't need me after 90 days. How good do you feel when you help somebody? It is, um, it's the only way that I believe that I stay on the right path is, 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 you know, I was told by my old sponsor, like you can't keep it if you don't give it away. Yeah. So awesome, I believe man. that, that that's the reason I'm, I believe it's the reason that I'm, I don't know about alive today, but not in jail, not, you know, living, living a, a, a path that I can be proud of. Yeah, you're living you your know? best life. I can look myself in the mirror at the end of the day and, and not hate myself. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, is because I continue to do this stuff. Yeah. So it, it is, is, it is a great feeling. There's awesome. nothing more unlift, uplifting than, than sharing my experience, my journey, and maybe seeing somebody get something out of it and maybe sparking something in their eyes. There's nothing more more gratifying than that. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And you recently engaged, I believe. Yeah, a baby in a baby and, ah. and a beautiful fiance. And Congratulations. Yeah, man. a lot of the gifts of uh, of re- recovery. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank you very much. So, Joe, if someone wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way uh, to connect? Th- I, I believe the best way to connect would be through uh, th- through social media. And what it, it's at the, New, at the NY Mover. At the NY Mover. Yep, the NY Mover. T H E N Y M O V E R. At the NY Mover. Joe, thank you so much. It's thank really you. fantastic. My I appreciate pleasure. your thank story, you. your industry, and everything you do. Thank you. I love what you're doing. Thanks for taking the time to join My us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me here. And Had thank you, time. everyone, for joining us. Greg Wareham, Joe Serbone from the New York, New York Mover. The, the New, York New York Mover. Greg Wareham, your mortgage process. Look forward to catching up with you next week, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process, hosted by Greg Wareham, 
Produced by Greg Wareham and Nick Pavis at The Social Rift and executively produced by The Social Rift. Thank you again for tuning in and we look forward to catching up with you next week.